I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. On this week's episode, I am joined by Tara Elzanger. Tara is a busy working mother of three, a business coach and mentor and owner of Perine.ie. The work that Tara focuses on involves helping other busy moms in business to thrive both at home and in their working environment. She takes a holistic approach to coaching, ensuring that the moms she mentors are supported and empowered. During our chat, we discuss Tara's own experience of anxiety and PTSD, how she created a flexible, achievable, intentional and realistic routine when it comes to running her business and why the traditional perception of what it means to be successful is outdated. And in that vein, I'd like to give a quick shout out to Muriel Foley, who has just recently launched her own podcast, Simplifying Success, which really resonated with me following my chat with Tara. I hope you enjoy. Tara, welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Thank you so much for having me, Sandra. I'm delighted to be here. That's great. Um, for anyone who's not familiar with you and what you do, will you give us a brief introduction on, as to who you are and what you're all about? <laughs> wow, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> so my own name is Tara Elzangra. Um, I always kind of overpronounce the bottom of that because most people get it wrong, but um, it's my husband's married name. There's only about 80 of us in the world. Um, so very easy to re- remember if, if you can <laughs> remember it at all. Um, so yeah, about me, I am a Kerry woman, uh, living in Cork and three kids ages, soon to be five, soon to be one and a two, two and a half year old. So quite a very busy house. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, my fabulous Swiss husband and we have a dog as well as owning a business. So my business is Perrine. I'm a business coach and mentor for moms in business. Uh, so I get to have the awesome job of helping them set up their own, uh, I suppose, product line services. It's a kind of a mixture of both. Um, I support them on wellness, on sales and on building confidence. Fantastic. And you touched on the, the wellness there. And mm-hmm. I know from following you on Instagram, you mentioned the fair um, mm-hmm. routine quite a lot. And that yeah. for me really... Um, shows that you're all about kind of work-life balance and looking after that wellness sort of thing and coming at it I suppose as a holistic approach towards your business and do you want to talk a little bit more about that um, fair routine? For sure and I think you touched on it there about saying that holistic approach to business because I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think um, that social media for me is is very much my storefront. You know, I, I worked in retail for years and, you know, so I kind of almost go into the mindset that social media is my storefront. But obviously there's a lot more people uh, on that front door as well. And they're showing their lifestyle. When I first started my own practice, um, I noticed that there was a lot of you know kind of I suppose coaches mentors um and service providers out there who were talking about how they were able to set up their own business within like 10 hours a week and look after their kids and and do everything and while it might have been true for them I found trying to stick to that standard really wasn't working for me and it was just it was leaving me stressed it was leaving my kids stressed my husband stressed (laughs) um and it, it really wasn't working and I was trying to get get it to work for me and um 
I realized I needed a new system. I needed to come up with something new that was going to work for me and that I could teach my clients as well. That, um, because I think when it came down to time management, one of the things I realized my toddlers were not going to work on a schedule and they were not going to get up at six o'clock in the morning. It was going to be three o'clock if they wanted it to. And I needed to kind of go with them and I needed to go with the flow. Um, and so flexible working needed to work around them. <clears throat> and so I, as much as I didn't want a nine to five anymore, I needed something that was going to help me to prioritize, going to create boundaries, something that I was going to be able to look at it even when I had brain fog and decide, okay, this is the priority for today, nothing else. If I am absolutely exhausted, if I get this done, I've achieved something today. Um, and even if that's just making the bed. Um, so that's kind of, I, I guess, where the fairy routine came in. Okay, great. And I suppose you touched on it there as well. Like it is all about striking that balance because what mm -hmm. works for one person won't work for the next because everyone's situation yeah. is different and everyone's children are different and everyone's work work life and home life and all the rest of that is very different and mm -hmm. i suppose why is it so important to you to get that balance to to get that balance to look after yourself in mm -hmm. as best as you can why why is that so important to you so you know what i actually i was listening to your first episode where you were talking about your own journey and i could not get over the similarity um, between some things that happened between us. So even going back to 2007, I did my leaving cert in 2007. And I remember when I got my grade for my uh, biology, my teacher turning around to me, similar enough to you and being like, why didn't you get a better mark? And I, and again, holding that with me. Um, and I, I was 17 going to college. I went and, you know, even though my parents tried to convince me to uh, repeat the leaving cert because I wasn't happy with uh, the points that I'd gotten, I wanted out, I wanted to be gone. I needed to be free. It's, you know, freedom, I guess, is probably something that I've always valued. Mm. Um, and, you know, I just, I wanted to be in college and experiencing it all. Um, and while that was good, I had it in my mind that I needed to be successful really early on and put myself to that standard. And everybody else was like, oh, you know, you're looking kind of similar enough to yourself. Like it's you're brainy, you're smart, like you're going to you're going to succeed. And um, when I finished college, I was coming out basically at the height of the recession um, and things had kind of, I guess, you know, changed in the job market. Um, I ended up sticking with retail and even though I had moved up the ladder very quickly in, in retail. It wasn't the academic path that I thought I had. And I really struggled for years, um, you know, kind of as a young adult to accept that I um, hadn't kind of gone on to do a master's or didn't live up to my own standards to a certain extent. And I, I guess it was all to do with that anxiety because, you know, there was anxiety about the money I, like I, I was making, there was anxiety about failure everything else um and it really came to a head in 2015 sorry 2014 just before i met my husband and things just exploded for me i had you know a, a mental episode i guess in reality and needed to um to seek help and support um and luckily enough my parents stepped in because i wasn't able to ask for help myself at the time i didn't really understand that i needed the support um and i went and i got some counseling and that was brilliant and now i then i was equipped with the tools to know the signs and to kind of build up that bit of resilience and to be able to say okay 
you know, failure is not the end of the world, uh, you know, because the, those standards don't really exist um, and you can start over if you need to. Um, and so I did. And actually, I guess, luckily enough for me, I, while I was going through all of this, I actually met Ben, my husband. And I basically, the first time I met him, turned around to him and said, uh, I'm an absolute mess. I'm in the very bottom, uh, not in the headspace for a relationship right now. And he was like, oh, wait. And he did. <laughs> luckily enough, and he's still here today. Um, but I think it was because of the fact that I told him, like, you know, this is me at my, at my worst, essentially. And, and the fact that he stuck around um, to kind of see me come up is the reason why we are here today, essentially. But um, I was very conscious, you know, when I became a mom then of all of this and very mm. conscious of my own anxieties and how I didn't want to pass them on to my my kids and how I wanted to have the tools not only to support myself, um, but also to support them. Mm -hmm uh yeah go on sorry <laughs> no i was just going to say it's it's striking actually how you say you know that doing something different isn't a failure and i think it's mm -hmm. built in so many of us this perfectionism thing yeah. everything has to go perfect and you know everyone ha we have yeah. to follow this path and you know yeah. all the rest of it and I don't know is it is it a thing from school is it a thing just that we all have yeah. in us mm. but it's funny just the striking as you say the striking similarities yeah. between our stories even and yeah. like fantastic that you met Ben at that time and that he did um support you and stick around as, yeah. the, as you said <laughs> that's yeah. it yeah no yeah. I definitely I, I I gave him a run for his money anyway I didn't make it easy <laughs> for him but <laughs> and you know I, I again like he was a huge support but I did I did continue on seeing a therapist all through that time as well which was which was fantastic and I, I really needed it and it just helped me to give me the courage to kind of go for my dreams again I went back to college I did a bit more and like I continued on with retail and I, I actually ended up being very successful and and enjoyed the work then and I think I'd, I hadn't realized how much I was holding myself back because of my own fear of failure and my own fear of those expectations not being met so it, you know it just I, I think when it comes to like wellness and stuff like that one of the things that I realized is how much confidence is linked to how you think about yourself and how you view yourself um and you you limit yourself through it um and yeah so like i mean even when i became a mom i just there was other anxieties that came out with that and obviously you know kind of similar enough to yourself like we went through a pandemic i had two pandemic babies so uh there was there was quite a lot with that um and uh again i was very lucky to have the support around me with my with my family and with ben again but it's a challenge and um when you are so isolated as well and and when you have basically high functioning anxiety it's you know you do you do need to know the steps um and i think one of the striking things for me about knowing when to ask for help um after dexter was born so when he was born, he ended up going to the NICU um, for nine days. He had a uh, wet lung. Um, and so I I actually had baby blues for three days. I couldn't stop crying for three days. And, um, you know, I, I, I for ages, I actually pushed aside my own birth trauma because mm -hmm. I was so focused on him. And I, um, you know, I, I couldn't deal with the doctors. I had to get Ben to go down and talk to the doctors. I couldn't physically be there so when I even heard you talking about 
not wanting to be there by yourself. It was a really re real fear for me as well at the time. Um, and, you know, I, it took me three months to realize how much PTSD and postnatal anxiety I had, even though I had been asking for help and I, I knew I, I needed the help and I needed the support at the time. I couldn't express it to myself, even with all the tools I had. Um, and it, it did, you know, after three months, it all kind of came out. Um, and I, I, I finally was able to put the connections together. But even after my journey, even after everything I'd gone through for the past 15, 20 years, it shook me that I still could be that affected by something because I thought I had the tools in place to recognize the signs. Yeah. And like, I suppose like that as well, there will always be dips. Um, you know, mm -hmm. if you've had yeah. any mental health struggles in the past, they, they will be. And I, sp I spoke about this in the first episode about how mm -hmm. it is this kind of continuing journey forever. Journey. Um, yeah. And kind of, yes, you have the tools in your toolbox that, you know, but sometimes you forget to take them out or, <laughs> you know, and um, it's kind For of, sure. a, it's kind of a continuing yeah. learning throughout the path of, you know, okay, I, I, I could do this now better the next time or you know that sort of thing or I could ask for help earlier or something like that yeah and all kind of just learning to kind of recognize the signs that little bit sooner always mm -hmm. the next time but that's it yeah exactly it's, I suppose it's in a different way it's it's not having a fear that it will happen again it will just be mm -hmm. being aware because I think when you're in the height of of a, a, like anxiety or depression or something the fear and you spoke about it there of yeah. like that can be crippling in itself because yeah. it's the fear of what's coming next the fear of the next panic attack or the next dip in your health or the next mm -hmm. the next thing that will trigger something and, sure exactly. you know when, when you are in that kind of deep depths of of whatever mm -hmm. it is that's going on it's very hard pick up those tools and go hang on actually this is what I need to do or whatever but yeah it's I suppose recognizing that they're there you know that's it yeah and I think you know even for me Sandra that's that that was exactly it it was like that loss of control mm. um I'd had three pregnancies with gestational diabetes uh three inductions I my uh the birth that I had with Delphine uh was a very difficult birth um but I knew what went wrong. And I think the fact that I was able to hold her after it and I got all those mm. lovely hormones and got to build up that connection with her, it was easier. Mm. Um, whereas it, Dexter was born, I was only in established labor for 20 minutes. It was very fast it, and yeah, it was traumatic. I actually mm. ended up envisioning that I was in the cartoon at the time because my my mind could not handle the amount of pain that I was actually in. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think the fact that I, because I was so focused on him for nine days, I, I couldn't focus on myself. And that, you know, again, I think it was that loss of control because how did I not know that this was going to happen? Or, you know, the guilt that we are attached to it as a as a parent when something happens to our child unnecessarily but mm -hmm. you know how did i not know that you know this could happen or like how could i not have prepared for this um and even i felt guilty because i didn't ask for another scan just beforehand to find out that there was fluid in his lungs and 
you know, why am I this upset when the lady next to me can't get her husband in because they don't have childcare for their son? Why am I this upset when there's another NICU baby inside there that's sicker than Dexter? Mm. You know, all these building up thoughts that I never processed for three months um, Mm. because I just put them, my belief was that this is natural to feel this way and that I deserve to feel that guilt. Um, and it, it was, it finally occurred to me three months later, actually, no, Tara, you, you were justified in feeling what you, what you felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you, that was your situation and you de- deserve to feel those emotions because as you said, it is, it is about a journey. It is, it's not about getting to a place of happiness and that's the place where you're going to stay forevermore. That's not life. There, life mm-hmm. is a rainbow of emotion and it's just about being able to, to deal with it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on it there. The kind of it, it came to you after three months, but it's mm-hmm. you know your inner critic just takes over at that you know before yeah. that, mm-hmm. and you know it. That's what probably brought about your shame and the, your guilt and your you know all of yeah. those things just mm-hmm. being really hard on yourself. And that can mm-hmm. it can take that amount of time to just be like, oh, actually. <laughs> remember remember those tools I had from counseling actually I I could use those or you know and like mm. when you're in the depths of yeah. it it is sometimes hard because it it is almost like a fog that comes down on you and I think mm-hmm. that for me anyway is why it's so important to me you know to look after it on an ongoing basis my yeah that you know things will get tough and you know, I won't mm. always be in the good place that I'm in right now, but yeah. those tools are there and I will use them when I can, you know, yeah. at the right point when I, you know, when I need them. When I need them. That's yes. it. Yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, when I was in the hospital and again, like I, I really was crying, unfortunately, for three days, mm. like almost, almost consistently. And um, I remember one of the midwives coming in saying, would you like to speak with somebody? And I said, yes. And then they came in again and they asked me maybe three times. And I was like, yes, like get, get somebody to me now. Um, I need help. I need support. Like I, and you know, it was very mm. physically obvious that I needed it, but I kept wondering, um, you know, I suppose when I was in there, I'm like, what about if somebody else who doesn't have tools that I have as well and who may turn around after the third time and say, ah, oh, maybe I don't need it. Maybe I'm just being silly and dismisses the symptoms that they're going through. And I think that happens, unfortunately, a bit too often to moms where they kind of just feel, oh, I should know what to do here or I shouldn't feel like this. Yeah. And I think that, <laughs> that comes back to that, that guilt piece as well. And that I suppose it's almost like a societal thing that, mm-hmm. you know, people expect mothers to be a certain way and to to perform a certain duty mm-hmm. and to do all of these things kind of naturally um in inverted commas but like it doesn't always happen like that that sometimes people need a little bit more support or they may need you know a lot of help in the form of you know a doctor or a psychiatrist or whatever uh, but well, there is this expectation on mothers and then you feel that weight of that expectation and that's a lot of the time um where i i think that the guilt comes from um and i suppose in terms of how you look after your well-being what is it that you put in place 
you know, apart from the tools that you learned in counselling, what is it that you do on, I suppose, a regular basis, maybe daily, weekly, whatever, just to look after your well-being, um, both in terms of your business and in personal life? So, um, yeah, so you mentioned my fair routine that's flexible, accountable, intentional and realistic. Like this has basically been my framework for the past two years. And I, I, I guess I realized after that episode that I, I needed to use it even outside of work, if that makes sense. So when after Dexter was born, I kind of thought that I could just push this aside and I wouldn't need to use it when I was, you know, on maternity leave uh, for whatever maternity leaves for somebody who's uh, self-employed. But um that I, yeah, I, so I ended up using it again, um, you know, and just started, I, 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 now I stick to it, whether it's the weekend and, and it's the weekday. So that's looking at a flexible schedule. I still, every morning I start off with my, uh, the head plan and I, I plan my day. I have my top three priorities for the day. And if there's any, anything else on the list, I'll put it down, but I, those are my top three priorities for the day. Um, and then I actually, I use your gratitude journal and I just think of three things that I'm grateful for, for the day. Um, and I write that down. So I've, I've put this into a process now where I, I called it my PJs. So it's, um, my planning, journaling and stretching. And this just basically allows me to start the day feeling like I've accomplished one thing for myself, um, and feeling like I have control for the day as well. So, uh, no matter what kind of happens, if the kids get sick, if, you know, uh, there ends up being extra traffic or something like that. I know that I have a plan to kind of get get me forward and get me through the day, and you know I'll I'll have something else. So it's it's a flexible plan. It's accountability, intentionality, and realistic. And it's for for me that realistic piece is so key because I I do a lot of reflection work. I I go back to that your gratitude journal. I actually have your mind your mind journal as well, which I write. <laughs> um, I basically do like a brain dump every night, and I just I, I write a minimum of three pages down of things that might have went well for me for the day, things that might have bothered me for the day, but things that I just need to get out of my head and onto paper. So as as a coach, I'm very fond of reflective work and um so i, I kind of keep this for myself and and then i finish off with my gratitude journal as well um and that i is very much key i think having that fair routine and the the journaling if i get nothing else done in a day for myself i feel that, that is enough um and because you know sometimes again with, with being a mom i don't get to do my self-care walk which i you know i started back in january and even if i do only five minutes a day i i still try and do it um i've gone out as late as half 11 5 to 5 to 12 at night time just to just say to myself i did it i went out and um, i took three minutes for myself um and now that this is summertime starting to go swimming again as well which is amazing yeah, it's fantastic being able to get down to the beach and actually like out onto it as well, because I like yeah. what this in, in the first episode about how there when it's raining, like I, I go down to the beach, but a lot of the time I'm sitting in the car with the window open, just listening to it because yeah. it's just not the weather. But it's so nice that we have the weather now that we can, you know, get back down to the beach, get, you know, out into the water. And it's, mm -hmm. and it's so nice. I think um, I think there's something about the ocean that's just calming. Um, oh completely and, so, and that open space as well isn't it it's just mm. um there, there's something so peaceful about a beach the, one of the reasons we moved to Carrigaline actually was I wanted to be closer to a beach um you know we were living on the other side of the city and it was just it always felt too far away from the ocean 
yeah we were even we were living a bit more inland in um Mugili, mm. which is in east cork as well and mm. to be honest i never really settled there because i am from a coastal village yeah same I, just, I i was you know brought up next to the sea and i just mm -hmm. felt like i was so far away where i was living so yeah mm. bit, moving to ballycotton definitely um definitely was a good move for us anyway um, but you mentioned there about a brain dump and it's something I do myself mm -hmm. as well. And I think it's so helpful when, you know, especially if you've got kind of that feeling of overwhelm and like you have so many thoughts that you yeah. almost can't keep up. It's so good to That's just right. kind of dump it down onto a page and actually yeah. it can give a bit of clarity really as well, can't it? That like, actually, I don't need to do all of the things that I have <laughs> yeah. in my head right, right this second. <laughs> That's it. And, and, and again, I think it co comes back to the shoulds. Um, you know, I think that quite often what ends up distracting us, and as you said, where, where you feel like you should be doing everything. And then when you see it on paper, you get this other perspective of it. It's it's now on paper. So it's, it's no longer in your mind. And you're like, well, as you said, <laughs> I don't actually have to do all of this at once. Um, and if I look, I, if I look at it now, I can create my must do list. And here, here are my actual priorities. Um, from from that actual list yeah and i think that's another thing as well prioritization of mm. things because to-do lists can get like you know they can grow to infinity and <laughs> it, can just, it can just seem like you know oh my god i have 40 million things to do today whereas actually if yeah. you go through it and almost almost like a triage system like this is really urgent i have to get this done this actually can mm -hmm. wait until tomorrow or the next day or yeah. whenever and then actually going mm -hmm. through it and going okay these are my non-negotiables for today this is what i have to do that's it and these are the things that you know can get done whenever yeah um and that's for sure and i think that as well like it, it is you know firstly it's time management because obviously you know mm -hmm. you, you're actually allocating time to different tasks but also i think it's it's really like a mind a minding yourself and minding your own well-being um practice as well because it can be so overwhelming. Like I've done to-do lists there and work sometimes and I'm like, I don't know where to start. I, I, and then you yeah. end up, you end up wasting another half hour thinking, sure, I can't do that. I won't get all that done today. So, so there's no point. Yeah. To <laughs> but, um, that's it. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's it. And like, so I, I, I don't know about yourself, but, um, uh, so say between myself and Ben now we have like share like a Google tasks, folder um and so like we, we'll put everything when i say we i'll put everything that needs to be done around the house <laughs> we, but like we, we the grocery list there we have like the, the the you know the food uh list for like what what food we're gonna be having for dinner in the week um but even kind of like things like cleaning uh if things need to be bought everything has to go into the tasks because I, what I found quite often would give me anxiety would be like, I, you know, I'd go to the, do the, the grocery shopping or something like that. And I'm like, okay, I got everything from this. And then I come home and there'd be 10 things that I, I forgot or whatever. And it's like, oh, you know, how am I going to get back out again with three kids and, you know, both of us having jobs and X, Y, and Z kind of thing, like whatever, do I order it? Do I spend the time uh, ordering it or whatever? So like the tasks really, really helps me um, to, kind of, I suppose, manage the household things and just have a, a space for us. But uh, it it kind of comes down again. I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, but the, the task folder, I think, is just because it can become so overwhelming to try and get everything done, at least it, like the way that we kind of have everything categorized, as you said, it's like, okay, looking at the list, you know yourself, I can't do everything. But okay, is there something on this now that I can do in 15 minutes and just get it ticked off? And that's, that in itself feels like an accomplishment. Um, you know, so having one, I suppose, master uh, file where I can kind of say, yes, this is what I want. I can go into it and I uh, check that off. Just feels good for me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the same. I'm I'm all about lists, especially like in work and even at home. Like I need to do this. I need to do the groceries. I need to Hoover the mm -hmm. floor. I need to do this, that, and mm -hmm. the other thing. And just being able to take, you know, mark those off. That yes, yeah. Done. Because mm -hmm. then you can you can say you know it is about that feeling of like accomplishment that you can say well actually yeah. I did this 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 and this today because how yeah. often you know do people sit down at the end of the day and say oh I got nothing done today whereas actually you've actually got loads done it's just that mm -hmm. they might not necessarily be you know that you conquered the world you might it might mm -hmm. have just been that you hoovered the floor and you cooked the dinner for the kids and you also got the grocery shopping done and that yeah. is that in itself, minding, looking after a household and keeping, you know, small humans alive is, it is a job <laughs> in itself. So, um, yeah. and I think, I think that's something as well that always strikes me um, about your Instagram. You know, it's really that, like I said earlier, it's that holistic approach to mothers mm. in business that actually, you know, like you don't have to conquer the world. You can have, <sighs> you can have this flexible you know mm -hmm. scenario where yes you work but you also raise your children and yeah because i, sp I suppose so often success is me measured by career and you know being as yes. high on the ladder as you can possibly mm -hmm. get and as fast as you can possibly get and you know all this sort of thing and working five million hours a week and you know all this sort of yeah. thing mm -hmm. whereas success means different things to different people and i mm -hmm. think recognizing that is a huge thing for people because yeah. it can be like it can be so i suppose i don't know demoralizing if yes you're, yeah you know that that comparison piece as well like well they're after achieving x y comparison is the thief of joy it really exactly is. Yeah. it is mm -hmm. and and it can bring about so much sadness actually and so much yeah. you know, anxiety about, well, like I was, you know, I was in that person's class in college and they've done that, whereas mm. I'm doing this. <laughs> and like, and that, yeah. inner critic, that inner critic piece does come in as well. So I think even For like sure. having those to-do lists and saying, well, actually I achieved this, 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 and this, plus my small humans are still alive. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> that's it and that's it that that's exactly like you just hit the nail on the head there because quite often i will speak to so most recently i i did a, a coffee chat with somebody who's going to be taking on my services and she she's she left the job four months ago and that was really really high paying job and she just she knew that something needed to change and she's a fantastic business idea but she's so afraid of now kind of she knows herself that she's she's a workaholic and you know she's kind of looking at all these other businesses and already comparing herself because one of the first things that you need to do in business is look at your competitors and well how am i going to stand out and i'm like okay you've done your research now it's time to mute them you know mm -hmm. just press the mute button and stop what looking at 
them and what they're doing. And it's time to write your, your definition of success. What are your values? What is your unique selling point? What is the story you need to sell the world? Um, and what you, you left your job four months ago so you could spend more time with your daughter. Now go do it. Go, that, that's what, that, if that's your value, if that's what you want to prioritize, like make that your number one and fit your business around it. Yes, it might grow slower, but the timelines are all made up. <laughs> like the, you know, I, 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 I love a timeline myself. I love KPIs, you know, but at the end of the day, if you don't meet them, you are your own stakeholder in a, as a small business. You know, it's, you get to set, set the limit for your own success and whether you want to be super ambitious, I'm there to support you or whether you want it to go very slow, very steady, I'm there to support you because it, it, it should be sustainable. We should be creating lifestyles that are sustainable for us so that we can work and play the way we want to. I think if there's anything that was positive about the pandemic, is that we had this time to reflect. I did anyway. I was out of an office and I got to see these amazing milestones of my kids that I would never have had if they were in, in crash from eight to six. And for other people, they, you know, if, if you want to have your child in childcare from eight to six, you should be allowed to do that and have a space without that, without any judgment from somebody else to do it. And I, I should be able to have the lifestyle that I want as well. It's not going to be easy, as you said yourself. It's not about it, it being easy, but it's about equipping people with the right tools and resources to have that holistic approach where they can maybe top and tail their business around their kids or have a business nine to five, but have more meaningful moments with their children in the morning and in the evenings or whatever it wants to work with them. But it's looking at the alternatives instead of, the societal pressures that we think we the the societal views of what a work life should be like what a working mom should be what a working family should look like yeah because i think the definition of success you know um in inverted mm. commas here because the one that mm. society puts on us it's mm -hmm. based on i suppose a model of working that's so outdated now you know it yeah. doesn't take into account that people can work from home now you can work from correct now it yeah. doesn't take into account that you can run a business and be a mother or a father or whatever it is or you can choose to not work or you can choose to you know yeah you know kind of form your own path or you can choose to you know mom works monday tuesday wednesday dad works thursday friday that's Saturday, right that there's there's the kind of no need for outside childcare or whatever it is but this kind of I suppose idea of success that we have been I suppose brought up but mm -hmm. really and it's a general it's probably a generational thing coming from you know the past For sure. it is this you know you you go into the office and you work all mm -hmm. the hours of the sun and you 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 know bust your ass doing this that and other <laughs> thing, you know in order to get that promotion and get that bonus yeah. and that you know whatever mm -hmm. it is get that title and that's not what success looks like for a lot of people now because no. a lot of people success looks like having work-life balance or for some people it looks like being at home to look after their children themselves or mm -hmm. being a you know being able to look after a sick relative or something like that be having the freedom to do that or build a life around you know whatever their circumstances is and i think 
that's the big thing that people almost forget as well, that it is based on this idea that has come from a long time ago, as it were. Yes, that's you know? it. And um, yeah, it was during the Industrial Revolution when you needed to man machines mm -hmm. and, you know, you needed to be part of an actual line to make sure that the products were created. And while, you know, I'm not going to pretend like there are not jobs that still require this. You can you can be a nurse, you could be a retail worker, you know, those front of house staff that depend like where your hours are dependent. Um, however, there are definitely opportunities like yourself to balance employed work with business work or whatever way you want to build your life, you can do it now because there are options. And I I actually, uh, when I was in college, I did um, uh, my thesis on AI and I, it, you know, it's so fascinating to see all of this AI coming out now, but I'm really embracing it because of all of the opportunities it can, it can create to open me up to more, for more time to connect with my actual clients and on a human level. Mm -hmm. um, because as you even said, it's, you know, there's just so much digital scope out there now to create businesses um, and so that we can actually like as I even kind of said earlier like topping and tailing my business like that there are days where I work morning I spend the majority of the day with my kids and then I work in the evenings now that wouldn't work for everybody you know somebody's like no I'm you know I switch off at seven o'clock that's it and that's that's your choice like that's what you want to do you do that like you find you find the the way to do that you know and there is a way to do that and I think when you look after your mind and when you kind of set, you're open to these, you're more susceptible to all of the possibilities that you can create your own life. Yeah. And I think then as well, your inner critic doesn't have as much scope to get yes. in there and kind of give you exactly. that, that guilt mm -hmm. of, well, you know, Johnny down the road is successful because he's doing this. Well, like that's mm. his choice. You know, and yeah. when you realize that, when you realize you have that choice and that you have, you know, and that actually by taking that choice, you are looking after yourself and also your own path to success. That's exactly huge, really. And even like the failures, the times when the client that you've spent, you know, kind of a few weeks uh, trying to turn into an actual paying client didn't work out. You're OK with it because you know what you're doing is actually like it, it's still getting you to the right place you, you don't take that one failure for me which was you know i mean if i kind of talked to my talked to myself 15 years ago and, and said what i was doing today i think i'd be having palpitations <laughs> i don't you know i i face failure on almost like a weekly if not a monthly basis or at least one no um and i i'm okay with it now there's times when like yeah it's crappy and you know I'll, I'll need the tub of ice cream or whatever but <laughs> I let myself go through that you know it's like okay I, I can feel these feelings and still get up tomorrow and continue on yeah yeah and I, I definitely resonate with that in my own business like you know certainly with some of the designs for the clothing mm -hmm. you know they in my head they look brilliant <laughs> And then I will, I will start to use the software and I might not be sure of it, or I'll actually go to print and put it onto a jumper and, and then suddenly it's, it's a no, no, that does not oh. work at all. And, <laughs> and like at the start, I definitely would have been harder on myself going like, oh, geez, you know, yes. like that's, that's, you know, that was stupid now or, you know, whatever like that. But like, mm. actually, you know, 
it's fine. <laughs> it's yeah. There are, there are lots of other designs out there and like for yourself, lots of other clients out there. Yes. Yeah. Just about hitting off on the right one because, and that's the thing as well, like they just weren't the right one at the right time. Correct. And, and I, and the longer you stick with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I suppose with all that said, um, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing so openly um, and for coming on the Mind Your Mind podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Sandra, for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you about everything about minding your mind. Thanks, Sarah. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, rate, review or follow. It really does help with getting the podcast out there. You can follow us on Instagram at mindyourmindpod for extra content and some behind the scenes action. Talk to you next week and in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.